0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every month we pick a new topic to deep dive and talk about. Sometimes it's a genre, director, or actor, but we always have fun at the Film Club. This month, we're talking about romantic comedies. This week, we're talking about...
1: Warm Bodies. I'm Dean. I'm Boo.
0: And welcome to the Film Club.
1: Welcome to the Film Club. Welcome to the last episode of Romantic Comedy Month.
0: Yeah, we're doing Warm Bodies today, directed by Jonathan Levine, starring Nicholas Holt, Teresa Palmer. Also Dave Franco and John Malkovich are in it, and it's... Rob Cordry, Rob (laughs) Cordry's in it, who kind of steals the show. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Uh, The movie's celebrating its 10th anniversary this month, and the book's also celebrating its... It's, like, 13-year anniversary? 13-year anniversary, yeah. But... We gotta talk about a horror film.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's ugh, we got a long way to Halloween.
1: We do. And I mean, what better way to celebrate almost Halloween than with Warm Bodies?
0: And I didn't think Warm Bodies was a popular film, because I remember it being marketed yeah. 10 years ago, and I thought, oh, this looks kind of neat. But it's, you know, it's sort of, like, like, obviously, like, a very romantic comedy premise and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I thought it didn't do well, which I was wrong. Oh, this yeah. movie did really well. And I saw it, like, oh, new, new 10th anniversary special edition of Warm Bodies at, like, Target the other day. And I was like, really? Really? Th- this little this little movie is actually still, like, sticking around. It's kind of yeah. fascinating.
1: Yeah, I remember the marketing The marketing team for mm-hmm. this movie was great, because there were just advertisements any, everywhere. The bus that I took every day to school had a big R poster there <laughs> that I wanted to steal from the bus stall, and I'm like, can't do that, boo. But one thing I did remember, because this is our second time recording this episode, we unfortunately lost the first audio track.
0: Yeah, but and, you know, it, it happens.
1: It happens, but, you know, redoing my notes, I had remembered... That during the marketing of this movie, they actually made promotional Valentine's Day cards.
0: Those I remember. You remember those? Because I I remember around that time, you know, people were, like, sending out Valentine's Day cards. And granted, this is also comes out in 2013, so that's kind of at, like, that height of that zombie craze that happened. We in got the, the
1: Walking Dead. There was a
0: bunch of new, like, video games coming out around that time. I think mm-hmm. The Left for Dead or Left for Dead 2 was out around mm-hmm. that time. Dead Rising was already a big thing.
1: Z Nation. Z
0: Nation. We had a very big uptick in people just digging the hell out of zombie media in, like, that, you know, post-2008, pre-2015. 1415
1: era yeah and you know i was thinking about these valentine's day cards that i haven't thought about in 10 years and i was trying to remember who gave them away because i went to go see this at amc when the movie came out and i was like well that kind of does sound like something amc would do but i don't remember that so i had to google it it was hot topic
0: of course. Yeah, also, yeah, that's this that's another thing. Like Hot Topic was getting really, really big around this time, right?
1: Well, I mean, Hot Topic's always been big, but it was a thing where, you know, whatever the hot movie was, you could get the cards or a poster,
0: the t-shirt. The
1: t-shirt. So, you know, I found the the marketing for that and it was, you know, yeah, if you come in and get this R t-shirt, and I was like, that's right. I do have an R t-shirt somewhere at home. <laughs> of, cu-
0: of course you do. I do. Okay, so I take it that you are of the group of people that loved this movie.
1: Oh, absolutely. Really love the movie. I love the book. Uh book came out in 2010 by Isaac Marion. And I read the book before the movie.
0: Okay, because that, that's an interesting thing. I didn't know it was based on a book until after I like finished the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it got me thinking about it. Because I'll i start with this. Because this is the first time I've seen it. Well. Second time since we had to re-record. Yeah. But I thought, you know, the movie was fine. You know, it wasn't, like, bad in any way. The actors do an admirable Mm -hmm. job. It's, you know, it's just very basic. It's It's Romeo and Juliet with zombies. Zombies. Which reminds me, I should tell people what the movie's about.
1: Yeah, let's break out the back of the box.
0: Alright, I got the back of the box right here. After a zombie falls in love with a young female survivor in this dystopian world... Their strange love sets in motion a sequence of events that might transform the entire lifeless world. If only they can survive long enough to see their love through. And there's the things that happen in the movie. There's a lot of lore going on. Mm -hmm. There's zombies turned into bonies. The survivors live in this giant walled-off city that seems to be doing fine. John Malkovich runs the place, so...
1: He's a colonel. He's a colonel.
0: Good for him. And... It's Romeo and Juliet, but Romeo's a zombie. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I got out of the movie watching it was, this is a very paint-by-numbers movie. It's very, like, we're doing all the romance beats. Mm -hmm. We're doing all the tropes, romance tropes, zombie tropes. And I'm wondering, is that the same with the book? Is the book like those zombie, you know, Pride and Prejudice books where it's, you know, it's Pride and Prejudice, but we power work, yeah, killed everything no. into zombies?
1: No, no, the book's not like that, where, you know, it's, she was left on the moors, like, no, the, the book is very- I, I, I don't
0: mean that, <laughs> I mean, like, is the book literally like we're just doing Romeo and Juliet, but we're- changing Romeo Capulet or Montague Montague. into... Yeah, Mm. Romeo Montague into Romeo Zombie. Like, is it just one of those?
1: No, no. The book's very similar to the movie. There's some things that have been altered from the book to the movie, Mm -hmm. but going off of a book that I read ten years ago, to the best of my recollection, it's pretty similar to the story that we have here.
0: Okay, because the only thing I really... God, because I, I didn't do a deep dive into the book. Yeah. You know, because I just wanted to know, like, something really basic. Because I know R in this, R's our main zombie boy. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: played by Nicholas Holt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And I noticed that right right off the bat was, you know, R in the book is a middle-aged zombie man with a red suit or whatever, or, or a red tie.
1: red tie, yeah. And
0: in the movie, they're like, no, we're going to have him played by dreamy Nicholas Holt. We're going to get this middle-aged zombie out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it's stuff like that that I find kind of interesting, mm-hmm. that they are really directing this at a very um, teenage-like audience, yeah. you know?
1: I mean, this is around the same time that the Twilight movies are still in theaters. It's by Summit Enter- Entertainment, so it's the same studio that Twilight was coming out of. That Th- this is makes this- a
0: lot of sense, yeah, actually. This is
1: the same time of, like, Maze Runner... Like, all these, like...
0: Divergent. Divergent movies. Yeah. Was I, the
1: first Hunger Game movies out by now? I think so. So it was a lot of movie-based books. Or, sorry. They, they Book-based movies. They were
0: doing the thing where, right after Harry Potter, like, blew yeah. up and took over the world, they're like, we need to find another, like, teen book series that has a built-in audience so we yeah. can, like, launch it. And this, I'm kind of surprised, didn't launch a franchise.
1: Yeah, well, I mean...
0: I thought it did horrible. I thought this no. movie bombed like crazy. And no, I see no. the box office here, right? Yeah. The budget's like $35 million, mm-hmm. Which, okay, this has a lot of CGI in it. It's for whatever, sure. The box office was like hundred and twenty mil. Yeah. That's, that's good numbers. That's I, good investment numbers for this.
1: I was there opening day for this movie.
0: <laughs> Fucking really?
1: Yeah, I was there. You know, hey, if okay. I see the trailer for something... I will try to get as much information on it, read what I have to read until I can finally get to it. Yeah, Yeah, you obsess. I obsess. So, yeah, I was there opening day. Yeah, it was a big deal. Even opening day first screening, there was a lot of people in it.
0: I just, again, I find that kind of fascinating about this movie. Because for me, I was like, granted, I'm a, you know, 20-something-year-old man. And I'm like, it's like, okay, it's fine. I don't know how it hits, like, Teenage Dean, you know, if I'm like, oh, man, that that Teresa Palmer, she's so cute. Oh, that Nick Holt, he's so dreamy. I don't know how that hits me.
1: I feel like Teenage Dean would have been, wow, John Malkovich, he's so handsome.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. That's, okay.
1: Do we want to talk about
0: the cast here? Because Oh,
1: yeah. We have a great cast in this movie, even though it's not a big cast. It's a
0: big cast of extras, but it's a pretty tight cast of, like, people who matter. Yeah. But I wanted to, I want to start with John Malkovich here, because, you know, if we're talking with people with the least screen time, I'm convinced he has less screen time than Dave Franco, who dies 20 minutes into the movie. Um, I'm convinced.
1: From what I remember, it's pretty similar to the book, where you don't really see Julie's dad that much. She makes a point of, you know, he's gone for periods of time, so it's kind of like, you're empathizing with her where it's just she's lost her mom but in the same regard she's kind of also lost her dad mm-hmm. because he's full blown you know zombie hunter
0: yeah and i i just bring it up because one like it's john malkovich john yeah. malkovich is a very good actor yeah but the there's one problem with john malkovich that i think comes up often in his work is that i can never buy him as a a not evil person <laughs> um this happened in in con air where I see Cyrus the Virus, and I'm like, yep, that John Malkovich, you're definitely the bad guy here. Yeah. I saw him in a movie called um, Mary Riley, which he's supposed to play Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. And there's no moment in there where I'm like, oh, Dr. Jekyll? He probably doesn't eat people. But in this, I'm like, e- I get it. He's supposed to play, like, the disapproving father. That's what the role he's playing other yeah. than military leader. But at no point I'm like, John Malkovich is going to go ghost R, right? Like, <laughs> he- Even if he was like, oh, no, sir, I'm not a zombie. I'm a normal human being. John Malkovich, he he might still cap his ass. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I mean, Julie makes a point of it where she, you know, pushes him away from the window. She's like, he would have taken your head off. And she's like, it could have been some nice guy that, you know, saved her from the zombies. And he's just like, can't trust you. (laughs) Right. I mean, even when. It brings a
0: whole new meaning to it's like, don't date my daughter or I'll shoot you.
1: Well, I mean, he even makes a point of it with her, you know. I mean, we're going to jump around in this episode, but, you know, when she comes back from being away for a while, you know, she's like, oh, you know, dad, let me give you a hug. And he's like, that's nice. I've been worried. But um, are you infected? And she's like, I just,
0: I just want to know. I just want to know, honey, as he's polishing his pistol, just just let me know if you've been <clears throat> infected, honey. I'll make it quick,
1: painless, you know. Take one more step, you're going to see what happens. And she's just like, I've Sh- been gone for days.
0: John Malkovich <laughs> is the definition of fuck around and find out in this movie. But, very
1: much so. But I bring it up because John
0: Malkovich, he's in this movie for 10 minutes, right? Because the movie very much- I didn't po- count
1: the, the, I, the number of, of Malkovich I'm, minutes. I'm not
0: being- yeah, <clears throat> Ma- Malcolm minutes. I'm not <clears throat> accurate with Malcolm minutes, but- I bring it up because he's in the movie not very long, no. right? Because in the movie focuses very heavily on Nicholas Holt and Teresa Palmer and their their interaction, right? Yeah. And the rest of the cast is... They're there. They're doing, like, good jobs. Like, no one really stands out other than Rob Corddry, who I think Yes, is, he steals the show. Yeah, steals the show, which is funny because in other movies he was in at this time are, like, Hot Dub Time Machine... Mm-hmm. Where he plays, like, oh, I'm the funny asshole of the party, yeah. right? And in this, I'm like, he has, like, depth and range. He, you, mm-hmm. like, feel sympathy for him. Yeah. And I'm like, you're an actual actor? Like, <laughs> when did this happen? You know, it's he steals the show for me in this. But uh, what what did you think about, about the cast? Because we still got, you know, our, our leads to talk about.
1: Yeah, we've got our leads. Uh, Nicholas Holt, who's been... In a lot of movies and shows. Um, I mean,
0: he started acting when he was, what, like 10?
1: I'm gonna guess that's how old he was. Uh, He was in About a Boy with Hugh Grant. Mm. He was in X-Men. That was something you asked me in the first recording. (sighs) He actually did X-Men before he did this movie.
0: That's, okay, that's weird because, okay, Nick Holt. Sorry, Nicholas Holt. We're not on. We're not on first name basis. here. I know.
1: You it's like you're friends with him. Like you just saw him at the Super Bowl party. I,
0: I know. You know Nikki Holt here. <laughs> Jesus is he, he has always struck me as one of these actors that is like a really like really good like character actor. Like I think oh, you can yeah. put him into pretty much anything, and he can just kind of he is roll into stuff.
1: He is fantastic in The Great. I mean, he's in Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, um, he's
0: great in Mad Max Fury Road. But it, it's one of those things where, for, for me, I've never seen him as, like, a leading man mm-hmm. kind of thing, but he's really good in, like, in like an ensemble, yeah. or he's great as, like, you know, you throw him into, like, um, I'm only in the movie for five minutes, but I'm going to make those five minutes count. He's great in that stuff.
1: I can't wait to see him in The, the Menu,
0: mm-hmm. the new
1: movie that came out this year.
0: Oh, God. I've heard uh mixed things on that movie.
1: Same, but I want to see because he is such a good actor that I'm willing to watch the movie. He's also
0: paired with Anya Taylor Joy in that. He
1: is, but what I'm really looking forward to is Renfield this year.
0: <laughs> yes. Him and Nicolas Cage, which would just be lovely.
1: <sighs> that is the dream.
0: <laughs> but but that's the thing, like for me, like this is the first time I think I've seen Nicholas Holt as a leading man. Mm-hmm and I think he does really well in this. And opposite Teresa Palmer, who we looked this up, she has been in very, like, few big movie things. Like, I think her biggest thing before this was that, like, teen superhero movie, I Am Number Four.
1: Yeah, she was in that movie, Um, uh, Take Me Home Tonight, uh, Wish You Were Here. So she's done a lot of, like... Sci-fi, a little bit of horror.
0: She was in stuff that was like those, um, like, teen action movies, teen sci-fi movies, A couple years
1: after this movie, she was in Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, She was in, I really love this show, A Discovery of Witches. Mm -hmm. Really good show.
0: But, Teresa Palmer. Yeah. Alright, I'm just bringing it up because both of them, for the most part... Watching them in this, I'm like, you guys are doing really well. Like, you guys actually play off each other really mm-hmm. well.
1: They have they have really good chemistry.
0: And it surprises me more and more as them watching the movie the second time. How did this not have like a sequel? How did this not have like a short lived sci fi original TV show or well, something like that? Because, I think they ended.
1: Know... I think they ended the movie pretty well. Where it's just healing has begun mm-hmm. and for the Bonies, there was no redemption for them, but for the Zombies, they kind of found that there was something worth living for, and I think that's why they don't really need, you know, a spinoff or a sequel, because the world has begun healing itself, they have each other, and that's it. I think, you know, if they really wanted to do a spinoff or something, they would have to do, like, a prequel show Hmm. to show you know, when the apocalypse began, and you know, lead it off where we get to the airport.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's just one of those things where it it just struck me as the movie's going on because our actors in this are all really good. They all seem to be like pretty game. Yeah. So I I just found it kind of fascinating that that just never happened. And the the other thing about the actors in the movie is you know they're none of them are giving you know like you know Oscar you know Daniel Day Lewis you know performances here. They're they're doing like really good for what they're given, which is Romeo and Juliet with zombies.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think Nicholas Holt has the biggest task in this movie because he has to play instead of a dying man, a dead man coming back to life.
0: Yeah, and I and I like how the movie works as it's going through because you, we're watching Nicholas Holt's R slowly come back to life and it's reflected in the makeup that's going on, Mm -hmm. in his design, in... Mannerisms. Mannerisms, because at first he's a very shambly, stereotypical, you know, George Romero zombie, and by the end of it, he's, like, moving around like a normal person. His skin starts off as pretty much white, you know, white, pale, nothing. And then as the movie goes on, he gets more color. You get
1: blue veins and, you know, blood spatter, and it's just, you know, no, you're getting more humanistic from him. And I I really credit that to him, you know, not only with, of course, you know, the makeup artists that are transforming him on the daily, but he also based his character off of Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. So it's just this kind of one of your favorites, one of my all time favorites, of course. But just, you know, seeing that this person that's not really a person, but he's becoming a person again. So it's just kind of confusing. But when you watch the movie, you see it and you're like, I get it.
0: Yeah. It it's it's a thing where the movie's not it's not trying to trick you. No. It's very much like, hey guys, there's not a lot of twists, there's not a lot of turns, we're very we're a very straightforward movie. I, even its themes and its messaging mm-hmm. is very, you know, straightforward to the point. You know, Love Conquers All, um Love heals all. Love heals all. You know, you can trust people even if they look different from you. In this case you, you can trust a zombie. It's fine. And I love um,
1: I love the parallels that they make to zombies and humans where we have our, you know, explaining what it's like to be a zombie. And when they go out to go eat, he goes, yeah, you know, everyone and their grandmother's trying to shoot at us. So that's why we travel in packs because you'd be afraid if someone was aiming at your head all the time. And it's like, you see the parallel with humans and zombie movies or shows. They travel in these huge groups because, you know, you have to have someone protecting your back on the go.
0: And, and I think that's an interesting thing about the movie is that it's, going it's kind of going out of its way to explain its lore Mm -hmm. because its lore is different than a normal zombie movie yeah because r is like sentient and for the most part i i'm of the opinion that most of the zombies are aware and sentient and kind of get that they're zombies Mm -hmm. and like eating people that's just like what they do yeah Um, But they have, like, personalities, and they can, like, understand things. Which, in traditional zombie movies, that's not the case. They're mindless droves of the undead. They're eating um, machines. They're eating machines. And the other thing is, if zombies are zombies for too long, they turn into these things called the bonies. Yeah. Which are just CGI skeleton nightmare fuel.
1: Yeah, and it's (laughs) it's an interesting concept that even zombies would lose faith, and they turn into bonies. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like in zombie movies and zombie shows when they're just killing machines and that's all they do is eat and they make a cool explosion for whoever's gonna kill that said zombie. But in this one it's like, are they trying to cling on to humanity? Are they trying to pull themselves back to their human side?
0: I feel the bonies are representative of those who have completely given up on love. Mm-hmm. And, like and i think cuz that's what the movie's about it's about, like love and falling in love and and young love and, and imp- all appreciating
1: that stuff. the human connection exactly
0: and i think that's that's an interesting thing that the movie is doing and why it's setting up its lore like out of the gate it's also a thing where the movie's supposed to be oh we've been in a zombie apocalypse for 8 years and it, that gets into a very interesting um <laughs> line in the movie When, uh, I believe it's when Julie, Teresa Palmer's character, takes our home for the first time and her friend sees it and she's like, it's so weird, you don't even smell. Yeah. And I'm like, that's some bullshit. He is literally disgusting undead for eight years and he has her boyfriend's brains in his jacket at that moment.
1: Well, we don't know if he's been... A zombie for eight years.
0: We know he has her ex-boyfriend brains in his hoodie for at least a few days. We
1: do. I mean, I remember that one time you got ramen into your hood on your hoodie <laughs> and that thing reeked so bad. I wanted you to throw away that hoodie, burn the hoodie. <sighs> So, yeah, you know, obviously, brain, you're going to smell that.
0: To, to explain that, because I I think, you know, spilling ramen into my hoodie serves explanation.
1: Well, I mean, for me, it's normal. That's a normal story <laughs> to hear from you. But, yeah, to our listeners, they're going to be like, what is he doing?
0: I, I was, I, I was home. I took my hoodie off and set it on my chair. And I am going to grab my bowl of ramen. And as I pick up my bowl of ramen, it sloshes into my hand. This piping hot ramen, I think it's about the surface of the sun level's hot. And I just kind of throw it to get it off of my hands. Yeah. And it just goes right into my hoodie. And I thought I had washed the hoodie sufficiently enough to get the stank out. Apparently I did not.
1: You didn't wash that hoodie. You just got the ramen out of there and you're like, okay, well, as good as new. I, I, I washed the
0: hoodie. It just didn't.
1: That thing smelled like death.
0: It didn't take for a while, all right? It
1: it took me a while to eat ramen again, because I was so traumatized by that hoodie.
0: (laughs) It was just, it, it, again, it needed to go through the wash two or three times instead of the one I thought was good enough. But we're born bodies. Yeah, I mean. He got ramen in his hoodie. I can't, I can't imagine the lore is going to be like, totally fine.
1: Brain doesn't smell.
0: Brain doesn't smell. Also, the brain thing is interesting. Because they explain why they want to eat brains.
1: Yeah, you know, it's not like...
0: Return of the Living Dead where it's like, we eat brains because zombies, brr.
1: Or the Simpsons, you know, they're after Homer trying to eat his brains and they knock on his head and they they turn around, brains, brains! Yeah,
0: they eat brains because it gives them flashes of the memories...
1: Of that person's life.
0: Of that person's life, and... It's like, oh, we do it because it makes us feel uh, a little human for a moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh, that's so sad. That's
1: heartbreaking, yeah. Oh,
0: that's like a drug addict. Oh, that that's so sad. And it's it's interesting because the movie is explaining these things and it's doing it in a way that I find very interesting. And that's why I'm so surprised there's not more to this. Like, I'm surprised there's not, like, another book or there's yeah. not another... Like, there's, like, another comic book series that explores this lore a little bit.
1: That's what I had hoped after the movie came out. I thought maybe we're gonna get a prequel to the original novel, something graphic novel. Mm-hmm. No, the, the story just ends there.
0: Which is so weird. Okay, because I, I pulled up the uh the, the IMDb, right? Or not the IMDb, the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. here. And it says that there was, like, a, a sequel that was announced and that it just... Kind of never happened But it's it's kind of interesting You know Because it's like I'm, I'm very confused By that Because it seems like It's ripe for more material Even though the plot's Like super basic You know Romeo and Juliet But zombies
1: It's I, a story that we're taught In high school
0: Yeah And it's I don't know I don't know I, I might just be repeating Myself over and over But I really I really wanted to know More about it And what I got Was just
1: No this is okay This
0: is like a 6 out of 10 movie Like this isn't bad By any means It's like Yeah it's pretty good It's a little bit above average. I liked it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get um, the zombies in the movie that are still kind of stuck in their, this was my human life, you know, Uh, oh, I was a TSA agent, so let me, you know, (laughs) wand you, let me wand you in every time you walk into the airport. So yeah, the the zombies are really complex in this movie. They're not just your run of the mill. Oh, got bit. I'm going to go eat every person that I could find. We're done. End of movie. It's like, no, you know, they, they start coming back and it's just, okay, I want more and yeah, I'll fight the bonies, that's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um where else did you want to go with this one?
1: I, I think we have to talk about the music in this movie. Because the music is off the charts. <laughs> I mean,
0: now now I'm gonna have to try and remember the music on this because
1: I mean we start with uh, John Waite's "Missing You," we have Guns and Roses, we have um, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, uh, we have M83, "Midnight City." D- that just really <laughs> dates this movie. Uh,
0: pretty much, yeah. Yes, like yeah. The the soundtrack in this is very interesting because r like on a thematic level r is like collecting vinyl records that he finds in the world and he brings them back to his little
1: because r is awesome
0: yeah r is awesome he's a hipster and he's playing like these vinyl records and he's playing music and juliet finds that or julie Julie. juliet finds romeo's (laughs) taste in vinyl very interesting right because you know music is kind of like this thing where that's like
1: that, that's part of the early stages of talking where, you know, oh, you like this band? I like that band.
0: Well, well, yeah, like in a dating scenario. But also, like, music is a thing where, like, there can be somebody who can create a computer, you know, no matter what happened. But there's no one who could be, like, Bach. Like, like music is a mm-hmm. very, like, human, like, like soulful, like, thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, music is, like, a very, like... um like people thing you know humans make music robots don't make like music yeah and nor zombies nor zombies but our being like connected to music in this way is like that's another signal that he's different than Mm -hmm. the everything else that he still has this spark of humanity in them and i think that's an interesting thematic thing and also you know when the music being like i'm missing you as one of the tracks and it's like oh yeah that's just Let's just stick that right on the nose there. Well, or like his, that, his love song stuff going on. Well, like, the okay. Missing
1: You one, I went back because I had read the, the music list, you know, the soundtrack. And I was like, okay, I want to see where everything kind of falls into progression. And Missing You is, I think, before he meets Julie. It's when yeah. he's alone in the plane. So I think it's just,
0: that's like he's a...
1: missing life.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's and, been alone for so long.
1: Yeah, and I love that once Julie enters the frame, you know, whatever words that he can't express, that's when he changes the song. Like, Mm. when he brings her into the plane for the first time, and she's just you know, completely terrified and not sure if there's more of these zombies on the plane. No, no snakes. We got zombies on a plane this time. But he puts patience by Guns and Roses, and that's when she's just kind of like, you know, what are you? And it's just, you know, he's able to kind of communicate through song to her.
0: That's That's the thing, that's the beautiful thing about music, you know? We use music to say the things we could never really put into words. Exactly. You know? And it's a very, it's a very, like, nice thing. It's a very, like, romantic thing. And it works in the movie. And, and it's a thing where it's like, I I really like that. Like, on a thematic level, on like, you know, the the theming level of the Mm -hmm. film. It's, it's a really good way to work around it. It's,
1: we get comic relief when they're, um. Putting ma- makeup on R to you know bring him to Julie's dad and uh, oh Julie's it, best friend. It, it, and
0: then they turn on Pretty Woman. They put on Pretty Woman. And they're <laughs> just like, no, like let's. Julie's let's like, not. that's not funny.
1: And her best friend's like, yeah, it is funny. But it's like, yeah, I, I love that. You know, he's able to relate to music. That he's a hoarder. You know.
0: He yeah picks up picks up random junk in the world and takes it back to his. Honestly, pretty rad airplane bachelor plaid.
1: Right? That's a pretty cool house to have in the apocalypse. Where do you live that airplane over there?
0: If, I mean, it probably works for a zombie. As a human, it'd be very, like, uh, very cramped, you know? There's not a lot of leg room. The in-flight movie kind of sucks, you know? There's only so many bags of peanuts you can eat.
1: I mean, you love peanuts. I, they're nice. They're nice. Nice on a plane.
0: Nice when you're, you know, hanging out. It's good. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I love that, you know, when they have their meet cute moment in the lab, Mm -hmm. uh, there is a, um, oh my god.
0: It slows down, they catch eyes, and then it starts playing, you know, cheesy music, and it's one of those things where I'm like, this is, this is a parody of what would happen in in another movie. Yeah. This is a parody moment that's in a real ass movie.
1: And then you see before he takes Julie during this moment, she's focused on this snow globe, and you don't really get to see what's in the snow globe Mm. but you do see R, you know as he's walking by puts it in his other pocket you know because one pocket's for brains the other one's for treasures (laughs) so it's not until they get back to the plane and he goes to you know give her some privacy they kind of zone in on what's in the snow globe and it's this couple standing on a bridge holding hands so it's like okay so you know we're beginning the relationship here it's like they give you all these tropes the meet cute moments the you know let's compare music tastes and uh even when she's eating for the first time and he keeps staring at her and she goes man this this date's you know not going well and it's like dude it's not a date it's like
0: (laughs) it's so a date
1: (laughs) typical you know guy mentality hmm i've got her ex-boyfriend's brains I could use this to my advantage so I could learn who this girl is. He's
0: playing every angle, honey. Mm-hmm. What he's doing right there, that's the tantamount to Instagram stalking. All right? Yep, yep. <laughs> but, um, it that, and I think that's just like an, a funny thing about the movie, is that as it's playing out, it's a very on the surface, oh, they're just doing like teenage romance, you know, and it's like, okay, I, I see why this movie probably hit a lot of people, mm-hmm. is that it's pretty much telling the story of the awkward teenage romance that a lot of people went through and that oh it's also just this funny zombie movie and i don't i don't know like i it's a movie that i i i don't think is a great film you know this isn't one of those like we'll put in the time capsule for a hundred years so future generations can see it but it's a movie i'm like if it ever is if it is ever on again i can use words if it's ever on again, I'll absolutely give it another watch. Wow, it's a Wow, that's
1: progress. I mean, your first go, you liked it, but you were kind of on the fence about it. But now you're willing to watch it if it's on TV. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I, see, that's the thing. I don't hate movies. Like, it takes a lot for me to just say I'm never going to watch a movie again. Uh, I got pretty low standards. But with Warm Bodies, I'm like, no, this is, like, pretty good. Like, there's nothing bad about the movie. It's not even, like, that... It's not even boring. It's it's mostly just, no, I can see where it's going, but I yeah. like the ride. You know? Like, I've I've been on you know Pirates of the Caribbean a half dozen times. I like the ride. I know where it's going. It's still fun.
1: Yeah. But I do think it belongs in the time capsule. <laughs> it it's,
0: belongs it, in your time capsule. Yeah,
1: it's just one of these movies where, you know, it might not be on your mind, but when you see the poster or the box, you're like, hey, you know, I haven't seen that in a while, and I watch it, and it's a fun movie, even though... It's about the apocalypse and these two people that, you know, one's not really a people anymore and one is. But they kind of, you know, together, they make this awesome team and they're able to make the world a better place. It It's a love story. It is. Aww. I mean, we even get the balcony scene in this movie. God.
0: That is the moment where, because at first I was like, okay, R, Julie K, whatever. And then it got to that scene, I'm like. Oh, God damn it, Dean. This is Romeo and Juliet. How the fuck do you not see that? How
1: did you... It took you that long to get that this was Romeo and Juliet?
0: It Okay, because here's the thing. You know, I'm watching it and I'm just, like, trying to absorb the movie, you know, understand, like, what's going on, get my feelings about it, it's fine. But it gets to that moment and then I'm like, oh, yeah, of course it's Romeo and Juliet. God damn it, Dean, you idiot. Because no one... Because he's not called Romeo. No, he's And he's not are. called Mercutio. We're never told Juliet's last name is Montague, or Montesquieu or Capulet, or whatever. It's just like, okay, her name's Julie, and okay, I kind of get it. And
1: her best friend Nora wants to be a nurse?
0: Didn't even cross my mind. Also, that comes out, like, way later. Didn't even cross my mind. But, um, yeah, so...
1: And then Perry warm, warm would bodies. be Paris?
0: I haven't... I, I get it. Dave Franco is, is Paris. It's fine. But, um, yeah, Warm Bodies. Um, what what else do we got to say about this movie?
1: Uh, pulling it back to the balcony scene, because, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, Julia's returned home and she's talking to her best friend, Nora, about everything that happened while she was away, kidnapped, because I guess that's not too odd th- to say that someone was kidnapped by zombies. Uh,
0: I, I mean, I assume it's the same thing that happened in, like, all those Walking Dead subplots for every season where oh, we don't know where he is, and then he shows up in the last three episodes and be like, don't worry, I survived in the woods off of grit and determination and eating my shoelaces or some shit.
1: Yeah, so we have... You God, know, I haven't
0: watched Walking Dead in so long.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really kind of took a turn for me, and I was like, yeah, the show that I used to watch religiously every Sunday, can't do it.
0: How long did you stick with it? I, we're gonna get uh, off topic real quick, because I was a diehard Walking Dead guy until, like, I think season three when they get to the prison
1: no i stuck i stuck around or
0: stuck around
1: i stuck around until after negan
0: oh when that's season like five or six
1: i think that's season four or five
0: okay because after cause the governor is season three and four yeah okay because i knew i I was in for season one, because I think season one was great.
1: Oh, season one was amazing.
0: Season two, I was like, it's just a farm.
1: But o- what But what trouble can we get into on this farm?
0: Right, and I was like, I, I dug it, I dug it. And, and then also Herschel, to... love Herschel. Love Herschel. And then I got to the prison part, and I think I watched most of the prison stuff mm-hmm. until, like, they met the... The governor. The governor, and I watched some of it, and I was like, I I can't keep up with this anymore. Mostly because it was, like... It, It started turning into like way much, way more of a soap opera for me.
1: Yeah, I I stuck around after, a little bit after, you know, Glenn is killed. And yeah, after that, I was kind of like, you know, this doesn't really feel like The Walking Dead anymore.
0: Is it still going on?
1: No, it just finished, I think.
0: It just finished.
1: Yeah, this past year, 2022, I think it just finished. But we're getting spinoffs.
0: I know we got spinoffs, because there's, like, Fear the Walking Dead, and there's, like, a West Coast version of it. Yeah,
1: I watched, I think, the first season of Fear the Walking Dead, because it's, you know, it's showing you how the apocalypse begins. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And it's kind of like, it leaves you on the edge of your seat, like, oh, man, this is the moment. Nope. Okay. Oh, they're gonna come through that door. Nope. So, it was alright. But I think we're getting, like, spinoffs of Daryl ends up in France. And I'm like, I don't know how that's going to work.
0: Robo. Just...
1: I, the whole way. But uh, we're getting uh, a Rick and Michonne spinoff. That's. So it's like, I don't know what direction we're going.
0: I mean, like, I I know this is like very tangential to warm bodies, but like the zombie moment. that That's pretty much like Walking Dead is the only thing of that zombie moment that just kind of. Kept on keeping on, right? I mean, like, that's, that's a pass by sell by date kind of show.
1: That was one of the ones that kind of just blew up. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, once it got here, everyone was talking about The Walking Dead. It was similar to uh when the United States got Shaun of the Dead.
0: Yeah. And that Shaun of the Dead was probably the thing that I really kicked off like, oh, zombies are cool again, guys.
1: Zombies can be funny. Mm. And I mean, that's what we get in this movie where it's, you know, it doesn't have to be this terrifying movie. It could be oh, there's humor to this. Zombies can be funny. I can laugh at, you know, the antics that they get into. Which isn't an
0: an, um, an unoriginal idea. I mean, no. the granted, Return of the Living Dead was like, it. that's a horror comedy, like, mm-hmm. through and through. Yeah, it's a zombie horror, you know, comedy movie. So they've been making, like, funny zombie movies since at least the 1980s. I'd, I'd even say, like, Dawn of the Dead has some pretty funny bits in it. Which one? Oh, the, the original, the 1970s one. Yeah. okay. Also, the, the 2004 one's also, like, there's funny bits in that movie as well. It It's really drawn out to different sections of it, and it's usually just brief moments of comedy, but that's like, you know, Zack Snyder. He he can make a good movie.
1: But do you have one of the zombies saying, Bitches, man. <laughs>
0: Again, Rob Corddry steals the show in Warm Bodies. Greatest line th- in the movie.
1: Th- that was in our first recording of this episode, where you're like, there was one moment and one line in this movie. I'm like, bitch is mad. And you're like, yes. That
0: that because the movie Warm Bodies is funny. It is it is a comedy. There's funny bits in the movie, but there's only one moment that actually made me like laugh out loud, and that was it. And yeah, it it's such a like funny, just like. Like, such a deadpan delivery, such, like, a, a like, well-set-up gag.
1: Because he's being super empathetic to R, who is, you know, heartbroken because Julie's decided to leave in the middle of the night to return back to her home, and R is just kind of, like, aimlessly walking because he doesn't have anything to live for now because Julie's gone, and M you know, comes looking for him, and they're talking, and he tells her, yeah, you know, she left, and he puts his, you know, hand on R's shoulder, and he goes, bitches. <laughs> and it just completely catches you off guard but you know that's who M is yeah and
0: it it's it's such a like funny little moment in the movie but but yeah warm bodies uh it, is there anything else you wanted to get on before we hit our wrap up or or what
1: i mean i'd like to talk more about m because m it, is our best friend who played
0: by rob Cordry, who we've said yeah i okay i had to double check cuz i I just realized, yes, I have been pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, he steals the show um, pretty thoroughly, right? Yeah. He's not in a whole lot of it, but every scene he's in, he's definitely, like, the most sympathetic person on screen. Even a little bit more than, like, R and Julie. Yeah. And, it, and He's also
1: the most empathetic.
0: Yeah, because there's that moment where he's looking at this picture on the wall and it's these two people holding hands, and you get that flash of, like, his previous life with, like, his wife or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. It, he just says something, and I'm
1: like, oh, what well, he, he He looks over to the zombie that's next to him, also stopping and staring. I think it's like...
0: Do you feel it too?
1: Yeah, he asks him, do you feel it too? And it's one of these advertisements for, like, a cruise. Mm-hmm. And it's something that they've walked past 100,000 times, you know, as long as they've been in this airport. And, you know, right away, you kind of see, like, that et moment where all their hearts kind of light up and it's like that was the spark
0: whose favorite movie et
1: yeah my favorite movie but uh <laughs> but you know just in that moment you know after he sees his wife or girlfriend whoever this woman was and we get the tear um we also see him he stands up straight and he adjusts his his, his blazer yeah yeah you know he fixes his blazer and it's just like you know they're coming back and it's like i love M because he's the comedic relief that we need you know. Mm. R is the the love sick Romeo in this movie, and he's funny. It's more his his banter that's funny. You know, stop he, stop looking at her. You know, you're being creepy.
0: He's funny because of how like insecure that kind of like young romance is, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, dude, don't look at her too long. That you're just gonna look weird, and it's funny because he's also a zombie. So Ooh. zombie's looking at you. Yeah, that's great. That's creepy. Yeah. He's thinking, "Oh, don't look at her too long. It'll be creepy because I'm in love with her." And it's like, yeah, there's there's layers of funny because he's just being awkward teenager.
1: Yeah,
0: M is funny because what he's doing is actually like funny. You know, like like um, Mercutio and Romeo and Juliet. He's the comic relief of that story.
1: Yeah, and you know when he's telling, our, "Oh, okay, the bonies are coming after you, and they're coming after Julie. What do you want to do?" You know, this is kind of. You can see Julie again, because he got a warner that these guys are coming after her. And, you know, he's talking to the other zombies. And he goes, okay, the other zombies, they say, fuck yeah. And it's just like, these little moments where, you know, well, ours technically still a zombie. He should understand.
0: A zombie speech? Yeah. But he's, like, he's too far gone. He's too human now. The yeah. zombies are like, we are rejecting you. You have a pulse now? Okay. Oh, you're not part of the cool zombie club.
1: And I mean, M, you know, he hasn't talked for a long time. He's got to talk to everybody.
0: It is very funny how the moment M is able to communicate, he will not shut up to anybody. And he's like, hey, how's it going? What's going on, dude? Hey, hi, how's it going?
1: I, I love when, you know, R is going to go get Julie and he's like, okay, I'll wait here. All right. Okay, I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. <laughs> it's just like, that would be you. It's it's like the funniest little bit about the movie
0: with M in it and that's why i think he steals the show because he is the most he knows exactly what movie he is in Mm -hmm. and he knows exactly how tongue-in-cheek to go yeah and i think that's why it works so well yeah but that's Warren bodies uh final thoughts
1: final thoughts i love this movie uh it's a movie that doesn't take itself too serious uh, there's a lot of emotion, but there's also a lot of humor, so it really balances itself out. Nicholas Holt's portrayal of R, out of the park. I mean, I love seeing
0: your boy Nikki Holt,
1: Nicholas Holt. I I don't know him on a personal level, not like you do, but yeah, I I love this movie. Um, the artistry that it took to put into this movie, two thumbs up for me.
0: I I can agree with that. This is definitely one one of those movies where. I I've said it before in the in this, you know, conversation. It's like a 6 out of 10 movie or it's like a 3 out of 5. It's like it's like above average. It's not bad. There's nothing wrong with the movie. It's it's a movie that's very like you've seen it a million times before. If you like romance movies and you like zombie movies, this is tailor-made for you. Boo. It's tailor-made for you. It, it is, yes. And it's a movie that watching it, I'm like, "No, this is just nice." We just need nice movies, and this is a nice movie. I have no complaints about it. I would still, I would give it like two thumbs up, being like, it's it's not bad, and you should watch it. And I'd say, if it's on TV, or, you know, you have Peacock, it's on Peacock. Yeah, it is. Yeah, give it a watch. There's a lot, there's a lot more bad movies you can spend 90 minutes with than Warm Bodies. This is a pretty good movie.
1: It's a great movie.
0: Sure. It's a great movie for your Valentine's Day uh, month, if you're still, you know, running late to Valentine's Day dinners.
1: Hey, people are still celebrating. It's the (laughs) month of love.
0: But next month...
1: Well, you're kind of jumping the gun here, because next week is still February, so we're going to do our bonus episode next week.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: So, you know, we end it on a horror movie, but next week we're ending it on...
0: A black comedy... Uh, a movie that is is funny but is also not funny m- yeah uh it's gonna be the lobster with uh colin farrell rachel weiss, rachel weiss and it is it's a trip man
1: <laughs> yeah uh um, really fun episode it's with our good friend alex Yeah, Um,
0: he's a movie connoisseur above many movie connoisseurs. A huge fan of a lot of the movies he's recommended to me. Yes. Uh, This one's gonna be an interesting conversation. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so you guys don't want to miss that. But after that, we're gonna talk about Musical March.
0: Yes, we're gonna talk about musicals for the entire month of March. And we're gonna start it off with a movie that Dean has technically never seen (sighs) Technically, and it's gonna be singing in the rain.
1: I don't think you're gonna get as much hate as you do from your family that you don't remember watching this ever.
0: Oh, okay. Because singing, uh, we'll get into it in that episode. But singing in the rain is a movie that my mother insists that I have seen before. I have no memory of this, but we'll we'll get into it the, in that episode. But if they wanted to listen to that work, and they go,
1: if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM iHeartRadio, and YouTube.
0: Yeah, you can go to our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. That is The Film Vault on YouTube, where we do lovely slideshow versions of this podcast. Maybe video versions eventually. Um, But yeah, go leave a like, comment, subscribe. And if you wanted to follow us on social media, where can they go?
1: You can find us on Instagram at The Film Club Podcast, where we post daily stories, trivia, upcoming episodes, and our random adventures we go on.
0: And with that,
1: we'll see you next week at the Film Club.
0: Have a good week, everybody.